0: Hello, storygoers, and welcome back to another episode of Tales from the Cartridge, the video game storytelling podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Eric Penrod, and I am the
1: co-host, Ryan Bauer.
0: Ryan, it is officially September. Came it out is. of nowhere and just punched <laughs> us in the face, super, super, super hard. Uh, how are you, though? And what have you been playing? <laughs> I'm doing really well. Uh,
1: I, I love uh, the fall time, so I'm excited for that. It's a three-day weekend, which is really lovely to help recharge a little bit. And as far as what I've been playing, uh, a bunch more Destiny uh, 2, uh, of course. Um, week 2 just um, is actually getting ready to finish. Tomorrow will be week 3. Um, and how the Destiny model works right now is every week you get new story beats. So every week there's a new, like, event that like, moves the story forward. So I'm excited to see what the story will bring tomorrow as we continue to, to mess around in that. It'll be really fun. I played um, some Crusader Kings 3 last night with Chris from First and Kinda Podcast, and that was really fun. He'd never played before, so he did a really good job, but it's a bit of an overwhelming game. It was, it was really fun. I'm excited to play more of that game. And then doing research for this um, DLC episode, I downloaded a game called Equilinox, which is like a, a management nature game where you like, you start off with grass and you put the grass down and then you unlock trees and you like make different biomes and you put like creatures in those biomes and you have to balance like predators and prey to keep populations in control and you have to like evolve <laughs> certain species into other species. So you have to like evolve your sheep into deer, but they won't turn into deer unless they're around certain plants and things. It's really fun. It's like, it's kind of an indie game. Um, it could use some quality of life changes, but it's it's, it's a fun time. I might go back into it, or I might not. It was pretty cute. That's that's what I've been playing.
0: <laughs> Don't you hate it when you're trying to turn your sheep into deer? Like, yeah. I mean, it's mm, just it's hard. To in the butt. <laughs> yeah, <it> takes <laughs> takes
1: a long takes a long time. They're <laughs> not super cooperative sometimes. But yeah. <laughs> Eat these berries. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> How are you? What have you been playing? Oh, I have not played anything exciting like that. Well, actually, i That's a lie. That is totally a lie. I've been playing. Uh, I almost have beaten No More Heroes three. That's very and exciting. It is exciting, and again, it is not a perfect game by any means. It is very repetitive, but it, like, to it's to its uh, benefit. Like, there definitely has been improvements to the gameplay, and just the absolute wackiness that is No More Heroes. And, like, it actually has made me appreciate. So, before No More Heroes three came out, I I beat No More Heroes one. I started No More Heroes 2, which I've already beaten before, but I just, I got out of it because like, this is a little too crazy for me. Like, this is wacky and like, I kind of just took me out of it. But the No More Heroes 3 is so much more wacky, oops, I hit my mic, I have craziness. Uh, it was so much more wacky <laughs> that I almost appreciate No More Heroes 2 more now, if that makes sense. Like, it almost feels normal now. It <laughs> moved makes the absolutely... bar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just took totally <laughs> the bar and just destroyed it. So I'm like, okay, no, now I get No More Heroes 2, it makes sense now. It's just such a weird, I don't have any idea what's going on at this point. It's it, I Usually I, like the game is easy to, to follow for the most part, but No More Heroes 3 is just so kind of out there and wacky, and I'm not quite sure what the heck's going on, but I'm about to beat it, and so I'm hoping that there's more to it. But I'm a little sad to know that Suda51, the director, just announced that it'll be the last game for at least another 10 years, if not indefinitely. So it's a little sad, because No More Heroes has been a part of my life for a long time. Not like a not like a series I love like dearly, but one that I really appreciate just because of how crazy and st- kind of stupid, but in a good way it is. So um, that is what I've been playing the most though, uh, as I gear up for October and scary games and all the good stuff there. So I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm very excited for it. But I, I hope to talk about No More Heroes three after I beat it. Hopefully by next week we can talk yeah. more about it. Um, and maybe having an episode at the end of the month about No More Heroes. <laughs> But, storygoers, we hope you're doing well. We hope that you enjoyed our last episode, which is our anniversary episode one year. Whoa, crazy. Really full circle. And we're going back around again because here we are. So we can't wait. You can send us your thoughts, feelings, and perspectives by emailing us at talesinthecartridge at gmail.com. All of the E's are threes. You can also find us on our Twitter and our Instagram. DM us or comment on our posts. Let us know what you think, and we will happily share those on the show. And you'll also earn yourself a super cool Tails in the Cartridge sticker. Wowzer! What a better deal, honestly. And again, we're not going to promote any defacing of property. But slap that bad boy on your local Starbucks. Get us, <laughs> get us trending. There you go. Mm-hmm. Whatever. I sound like an old man now. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I don't know what trending is, but I'm just hoping that I'm using the right content. Just throwing words out there that the young yeah. kids say. <laughs> yeah. I, I just want to be a TikTok. All right, here we go. Well, <laughs> Ryan, we have a DLC episode today. Uh, do you want yeah, to go over the, the topic of it?
1: Yeah. So, um, Eric, you had this genius idea. We were first going to do, like, a back-to-school episode, but we realized, like no game set in school have we played or are there mm-hmm. are many that i'm like i at least personally am super interested like bully i didn't play but i know of it persona 5 i've never touched um there's a bunch of them out there that are really wonderful i'm sure people enjoy it, but they're just not games i i have experience with so maybe, maybe next year um, <laughs> but so eric had the genius idea to focus on like nature-centric video games which we both agreed this is the time of year when I kind of most want to be outside. It's like a little mm-hmm. bit cooler. The bugs aren't as bad and it's just the time where I kind of think of here's when I go on a nice hike or here's when I go to the pumpkin patch or all the naturey things you do outside in the fall. So it was it was pretty perfect. So that's what we're going to focus on. We're going to focus on, you know, nature and games that we've enjoyed or we know and then some of our favorites. I thought it might be an interesting idea to focus on like what what purpose nature serves in in these games and in all games. And this is by no means a extensive list, but these are just three situations or four, actually four situations that Eric and I thought are, are kind of great for. The role nature fills in games. The first is nature as a character um, in, like, a story-driven game. So we see this in games like um, A Short Hike or Firewatch or Flower, where, you know, the main character is a part of nature or one of the adjacent characters are are nature themselves. The world Mm -hmm. itself is a character. It has some kind of, you know, imposing force on the story. Um, And then another piece is the nature serves as the environment or it drives exploration in open-world games. One of the things I didn't even think about until I was sitting down to write this list is how many open world games kind of use nature as a driving factor to get you to go see things. You see this giant mountain and you want to go climb it and explore it. Um, you see these really cool forests, you want to go explore it. It's, it's kind of built into those types of open world games Is nature is kind of both what you're constantly surrounded by to help you be immersed in the world, but also helps push you towards certain directions, which I think is, is really cool. And then another one would be nature as the antagonist in, like, survival games. Where you have to worry about balancing food and water and cold and heat. Or, or the only danger is is the creatures fighting, coming for you. There are hundreds of games on Steam that are, like, survival games in nature where you're, like, trying to cook food and, and you know, fight off wolves. Um, some do it better than others, and some take it in a different direction, which we'll kind of talk about when we get into honorable mentions. Um, and then the last one is um, nature as the goal. Um, whereas your, your goal is to either recreate or to push things back to nature um, or you're, you're managing nature in some way or you're trying to take care of nature or you're trying to grow things like in Stardew or something like that. Um, I'm sure there are so many other ways in which nature is a part of games, and I think because nature is so important to us as humans, of course it's going to permeate a, a big media of ours um, and be a big driving force in that media. I think like what sometimes what makes games interesting, in many cases what makes games interesting, is the setting that they're in, the nature you're surrounded by. Um, it was a really big deal you know in red dead 2 when you were walking in the cold mountains and the snow was crunching and you had this beautiful vistas. like that was a piece of that game um, that made it important the reason bioshock was as amazing is because you're underwater surrounded by fish and creatures i think nature does a good job of kind of highlighting these spaces and making them more interesting
0: I, I literally, as you're talking about all those things, I had more games. So I'm like updating the list as you're talking. So if you're getting rid that's Please me. Do. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, I, I just thought of that game. I'm adjusting the list as we go. Um, yeah. But it's just so interesting how immersive nature can be in games. And just, and like you're saying, Ryan, like you make a fantastic point that like drives you to want to explore and want to see more. And I think that's the games that we picked here, uh, at least kind of encompass or kind of show. I'm actually nervous that the list I made. As the, my as my list is not as good as the list that as our honorable mention. So I'm actually going to change yeah. a few things really fast as I'm talking to <laughs> kill time, because uh, I think that I think that it does. Like I, I think you could never truly rate um, nature in other games compared to like or, or you can't like mix and match or like compare nature in one game mm-hmm. to another game. I think they all like like we're saying they serve a different purpose. So. Uh, that's where we're kind of getting out of this, and, and just the role that nature plays and how significant it is. And we kept, we kept games like The Last of Us out because, like, yes, nature is—I I would argue—nature is part of that, and that nature is the antagonist. But I think we're kind of talking more about how the beauty of nature can cultivate an amazing experience. Does that sound right, right, to you, Ryan?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think like in some games, um the nature in The Last of Us and The Last of Us Two can be really beautiful but i don't think it's purpose is to is to kind of capture that same awe that you find in you know exploring you know breath of the wild when you kind of crest this mountain and you look down to this incredible vista below mm-hmm. you right I, I don't think it's it's its purpose is to capture that same experience that that environment is supposed to invoke certain types of things but it is not this awe inspiring or beauty of nature or 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 something that makes you want to go out and be in nature that's just not one of the main themes of the game um it certainly uses nature in an interesting way in an interesting setting um Mm -hmm. but i don't think it's i I agree
0: that's what i'm saying (laughs) i just yeah and i i think i just never realized how big of a part it was in games until i got older like i took it for granted and like Ocarina of Time running around through Hyrule and not really appreciating the, the beauty of it. And granted, like it's an N64, so like the beauty wasn't like super immersive, but like at the same time, for what we have, it was pretty Im- intense. Even Mario 64 had nature elements that was kind of nice to just be in. The water levels were terrifying. And if you were growing up in the 90s and you think so, then you are much more courageous than I was by any means. But I just, I just now being an adult, well, legally an adult, I don't know about mentally, but. <laughs> Legally being an adult, I can appreciate the wealth that nature can provide in games, and again, like you're saying, the immersion that it includes. If it wasn't for so many of these games, if it wasn't so immersive, I don't know if it'd be as interesting. And and nature plays a huge role in that, in the in the the setting. Yeah. But let's just jump in. Let's just do hon- yeah. honorable mentions. Let's do it. So my first game
1: on the list were um, three games. I didn't realize there were three when I started this list, but there are three. The Three <laughs> shelter games. These are games in which you not only is nature uh you know a part of the setting not only is it the antagonist um and also the goal but you play a creature existing in nature um in the first game you play a honey badger the second game you're a lynx and the third game you're an elephant and your only goal is to kind of take your family and survive and get from point a to point b trying to keep as much of your you know progeny your children alive as possible which is like ultimately um for a lot of creatures in the world what their driving force is, is to just kind of continue their line. You know what I mean? Have children and get them to safety and teach them how to survive. Mm-hmm. Um, and these games really dive into that with this really beautiful art style aesthetic that is both kind of terrifying, because, you know, in, in one of the games, in the Lynx, in the second game where you're the Lynx, you're in this like dark, snowy environment. At night, you hear the wolves howl, and you know those wolves are the things that can eat your children, and you have to get somewhere okay. safe. Um, so, and then at the same moment, you're walking through this beautiful snowy terrain with this great art style. Um, it's, it's just such an interesting game, and, and I haven't seen before where you play a creature in nature, and all you're doing is surviving, getting from point A to point B, and showing the tension and the challenge and the the
0: complexities of that in a really cool and interesting way. It's games like this that I appreciate because it's like so realistic and it kind of gives you a sense of what nature, in, in, in a way, is like. But like, it reminds me of like watching Planet Earth and just seeing animals, like, eating each other, and I just sympathize with those animals so hard, and I'm just like, David Ember, you're a giant <laughs> jerk, because you're not saving these animals from each other. It's also a sense of appreciation, because that's what that's what nature is, and then that allows you to kind of get a sense of what that includes, which is, obviously, animals killing and eating each other to survive, which makes a lot of sense. Um, that's my, my veganism showing, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> but it makes a lot of sense, though, as to, like, why that's important to understand. But it's cool, because that gives a sense of urgency, right? As a... As a animal whose children are trying to protect that's urgency that's like that creates that that tension and that drive to want to succeed i will say though if i did play this game and lost a baby i'd probably be done with it (laughs) (laughs) yeah
1: yeah and i think like one of the great things about a bunch of these games and some of these games this isn't the purpose but for certainly for these shelter games it feels like the purpose is to make you understand what it's like to exist at least in some way in this natural world and appreciate it more understand like how beautiful and dangerous and scary just existing can be and how different that is and how disconnected we are from that experience Mm -hmm. where we don't really have to worry about a lot of these things that you know is the entire life experience of these animals and because of that appreciating them more and, and respecting them more
0: You'd hope so, at least. Like, yeah, you know, I think you'd really hope so. You're, you're totally right. Like, you don't have to worry about those, those situations, obviously. We're not carrying our young two forests to survive from other animals. So, and that happens all the time, obviously, but we're <laughs> yeah. so disconnected from that. How could we ever know? So, very interesting. Yeah, it's a good, that's a really cool. I never knew those games existed. So, I'm very impressed that that's even a thing. So, another one we put down was Breath of the Wild. And you're probably thinking, whoa, why is that not on like your like all time list? Of the three that you both chose for each other. And granted, it probably should be. But I think Breath of the Wild is too easy to put down. because I feel like I'm always talking about Zelda in some capacity every episode. So I'm trying to be better about this. But <laughs> I mean, but when it comes to nature, Breath of the Wild is just so good. And, in, and, and like what we're saying, as nature being this driving force as to wanting to explore in this open world... There's nothing better in Zelda than getting on top of that mountain that you couldn't climb before but not have enough energy to make it and just looking down I'm like, oh, I've never been over there before or oh, I see a shrine or oh, I see a, um, a great fairy shrine or whatever it is. And then you just jump down and just float over to it and it's just so satisfying. And I think Zelda always always had that nature theme and pull in them and no matter what kind of setting it is. Like I was thinking about this morning when Ryan, you worked on Breath of the Wild and I thought about Wind Waker and Wind Waker is uh, so much exploration, and it's so different, though, than any other Zelda because you're just in this open sea, exploring different islands and, and seeing different things there. And then we thought of, of Oracle of Seasons, which I haven't played in forever. But like you're literally changing the seasons to then go and progress through your journey, and it incorporates nature in that theme. Though, granted, the graphics aren't the best because it's on the Game Boy, but nature still is a huge part of that that plot and drive for Link to succeed through his journey, every Zelda game, oh, well, I shouldn't say that. That's not true. A lot of Zelda games have that nature pull to that, to want to explore and want to see more and want to interact with what, the world around you. Um, Zelda just does it so perfectly. And it just gets better and better every game. Like, look at where Breath of the Wild is now. And I heard a lot, I'm curious what you think, Ryan. I heard a lot of people talk about Breath of the Wild and how, like, there wasn't enough, interaction in the world to want to make them want to explore it more which i found super interesting because i didn't have that experience i just kept wanting to see even though things didn't pop out to me i just wanted to keep seeing things as you explore and that's the cool thing about zelda is that there would be times where again a lot of times where nothing would really happen you just find new places and see new things but then there'd be like a random encounter with that like those I forget the Yagi clan. That would be like the secret ninjas. Like you'd see a traveler, and they try to kill you, or you find like something that you never saw before. You're Like what the heck is that? Like it's just so. They, I think, I personally feel like they did such a good job at Breath of the Wild to spread out the encounters and just the immersion and. You know, how you played Breath of the Wild is so different than how someone else may have played Breath of the Wild. And what they found, you're like, oh my god, I didn't even know that was in the game. Like, it's just so cool and interesting, so. Now, do you feel, do you have that same feeling, Ryan? So, so when I first played Breath of the
1: Wild, I had a very similar experience to what you were suggesting, where the, the world felt kind of empty, and there wasn't enough stuff there. That being said, I played Breath of the Wild immediately after Red Dead 2. Which, again, are going for two different experiences. And I think that is what now I recognize as kind of one of the strengths of Breath of the Wild and, and a strength of Red Dead. They're going for different experiences. Um, Breath of the Wild isn't going to you know give you these encounters in moment to moment because that is not the purpose of the game. The purpose of the game is to go out and explore it and see it. Where in Red Dead, as you're riding your horse, all of a sudden, someone will say, hey, hey, I need some help here. And you'll go over and it'll be this different, interesting, wild experience that you'll remember, and then you'll run into this character later randomly, and it'll it'll connect. So Mm -hmm. it's really interesting and exciting. But again, it, it, it takes away from that purpose of just go see it for the sake of seeing it, which I think is what Breath of the Wild is trying to... B, that's what it's trying to do. It doesn't want to send you in a specific direction. It doesn't want to always reward you for going there. It wants the reward to be you got to spend more time in this world. And I think when I first played Breath of the Wild, I didn't I did not appreciate that as much as I haven't replayed it, but as I've here heard you talk about and I heard in other podcasts, folks talk about their first experience. And after talking with my partner, who Breath of the Wild was her like very first proper game that she jumped into. It certainly does. If you're expecting kind of instances and treasure and rewards everywhere that just isn't what breath of the wild is but it Mm -hmm. isn't trying to be nor does it want to be it wants to be this world where you just go explore and you you find these things because you love being in this place so much and you you know you climb that mountain and fly down to that forest not because there's treasure there but you've never been there before and
0: you're curious what it looks like and there might be an encounter but there might not but that's not really what's important i think what i mean another thing um that breath of wild does so well is it does not hold your hand like other zelda games kind of do in sense of the nature environment like like for example the, the thought that comes to my mind because it's my favorite is majora's mask how you can't progress to the four corners of termina without certain items or abilities or a horse to be able to do that to traverse to those areas but in breath of the wild you can still kind of get close to to places and then realize oh i cannot I mean, I, I've died like three times. I don't think I can do this right now. I have to come back later. In a sense, like a Metroidvania, open world sense. If that makes any... I don't know if that even makes any sense yeah. to say that a lot. Yeah, that makes but sense. Like, but that's what is so good. And I think that's what makes Breath of the Wild 2 so interesting is that now it's like that. <clears throat> oh, geez. I was talking my coffee down. That was terrifying. It's, it's it's a lot like Breath of the Wild, but like it's up in the clouds and different islands and and it's just going to be so crazy and wild. I can't wait. But yeah no Zelda is just getting better and better and I think that what's so good about it one of the things that's so good about it as in many obvious things is that the the worlds are getting more complex and that's awesome I think it's Zelda's always not not been lacking so much as the environments have been so interesting but it's going to just get better and better which I think is going to just make every Zelda experience get better and better so very cool yeah Wow, that was like a 20-minute Zelda rant. I can't, or Zelda (laughs) talk, I love it. We should just be a Zelda podcast at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Ryan, what's another one on your honorable mentions?
1: Another one on my list is a game called Echo, and this is a game I played... Probably a year ago now, I picked it up right at the start of the um, lockdown. Oh, no, it's, it's probably been more than a year. That's wild. Um, and it's, it's like a management game similar to like a Minecraft or um, I don't What is another open management game? I don't know any because I'm not hip or cool enough. Uh, but it's like a management game where like you, you are in this, you dropped in this big, na- beautiful world and you have to like build a village and gather the materials and go through a tech tree. Um, but what's really interesting and different about Echo and it's, it's part of the game is that um, as you're you know, building new tools and as you're, as you're mining and as you're doing these things, everything you do produces some type of pollution and you have to manage that pollution or bad things happen. So for example, this in this game you can mine and when you smelt that ore you get something called um, tillings or tilings or it's it's something that actually fi- filings it's something that actually exists in the world. And you have to deal with those. You have to put them somewhere, you have to deal with them in some way. You can't destroy them in any way. So you have to find some way to store them that is safe that doesn't cause, you know, pollution. And if you don't do that, the creatures and the trees and the world around you starts to die, and then you don't have access to those resources. The sea level starts to rise, and you start to lose land. Um, the, The world around you becomes warmer and less hospital, and you have to kind of then balance this, you know, terraforming this world so that you can move forward in it, but also at the same time. Not doing it too fast not cutting down too many trees because then you destroy this ecosystem and you kill all the creatures and so on and so forth and there's really interesting way that is such a twist on that kind of management experience where in minecraft you can just level the entire area and then just build a cool castle and there's no consequences to that where in this game you just can't do that you have to kind of be more mindful of the world around you and you have to be more mindful of what you're doing um in a really interesting way there are some you know mechanics of the game that i don't super enjoy but i really love that idea that you have to be mindful of what you're doing. You have to help take care of this world because if you don't, you will just lose the game. And I think that's really interesting.
0: So Ryan, what I got out of that is that Minecraft is polluting our children's minds to think they can just <laughs> do whatever they want to with the planet, and there's no consequences. That's what. Yeah, that's what, exactly. Okay. That's, right, yeah. that's 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 that's. But you, that's like a that's like a real world like simulator like that. Yeah, yeah. That's really. I cool. think every company that deals with some kind of waste production should play that game to write <laughs> a 50 page essay which is probably nothing mm. for, for people it's a lot for me on um, mm. why it's important to do this but then <laughs> money comes in and I'm sure it pollutes everything money is the yeah. real polluter that's what the theme is <laughs> yeah. Minecraft's yeah. evil and money is pollution mm. to the mind good takeaways good takeaways <laughs> 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 it's a little downer now <laughs> <laughs> it's okay but no that's cool I, th- I think it's a really it's a smart game I think it's gonna be it's a useful way in which it can teach people to be mindful of what they're doing or the cost mm-hmm. of what our involvement to the planet is. Because essentially, I mean, someone said this before, and I think it's so interesting that humanity, in a sense, is like a cancer to the Earth and how our running rampant is killing it, which, I mean, arguably, I think is very true, personally. Oh, super is. Like, yeah. there, are, there is data that suggests that this is in some ways true, yeah. Heck Yeah. My girlfriend is texting me and listening to this and just very, very about this. We are cancer. <laughs> <laughs> so positive, like yeah, we are cancer. You're right. Yeah. Like it's like it's a cool thing, but, um, but no, I, I I think it's cool. I actually really want to play that now because I feel like it would be very eye opening and kind of a downer, but very eye. opening Yeah,
1: <laughs> it's very fun. It's a it's a fun if you enjoy those like management survival-y type games. It is very fun, um, but you need lots of people to play it because, like, it, it, just how the game is designed. You you like spec into certain oh. jobs, so like you spec into wood cutting, and you are very good at wood cutting, but you only get a certain amount of skills. So you have to have other people balancing the jobs. Um, and you have to make sure like the farmers, if you're a farmer, the farming is so wild and I don't even fully understand it. You can only plant certain types of plants in certain soils. You have to like analyze the soil. This soil is too much of something. Let me mix this soil with something else. The soil is better suited for this plant and you have to harvest it. But after you harvest it too many times, it ruins the soil. It's which again is like how real farming works, but it's it's Mm -hmm. so interesting and complex that, um... It makes you better understand these like real things in the world
0: in a way that you just wouldn't have before because you've never had to deal with it. Exactly, just like shelter and and making babies and surviving in the wild. Exactly, you're, you're very you're very open minded with your concepts, Ryan. As I picked yeah. Breath of the Wild, which deals with a hero that doesn't talk killing evil, but <laughs> that's okay. I, I would argue that your your games have more meaning than mine. But you never know. You never know. No. Um, no, no, No. no, no. <laughs> The next one I, I picked, actually, and that came out to me, Ryan, when you are talking about open worlds and just surviving and, and things like that, was Raft. Which, yeah. Raft is so much fun. If you haven't played it, and you have a, if you want to play a game with your friends and you don't really know what to play, Raft is fantastic. Because the whole premise is that you're stuck on a Raft with your friends, good or bad, whatever that comes with it. But you get to expand out and you get, and basically the whole sea is just polluted with random supplies that you're supposed to just use your grappling hook to grab and build your raft bigger and try to figure out what the heck's going on and i feel like we're getting to that getting to that point right now we're we're becoming this kind of (laughs) this this planet earth friendly like pollution's bad podcast really (laughs) quickly but like how raft uh you know the water levels are rising and how that kind of makes it so that we all have to be on a raft. But it's it's a lot of fun and it kind of makes you it, again, it's very immersive. Like you are you are strictly on your raft until you find different islands. But your islands only have so many resources, you have to continue forward. And and you really have to be man, mindful of your food and water and surviving and how that all incorporates and how you get smarter and become more efficient, but I think it, I think what's great about Raft is how fun it is because it really can bring you together and it teaches teamwork so well. But how, again, immersive it is because you are trying to survive and, you know, if you die, it's not a huge deal because it's supposed to be more fun than anything. But still, it's, it's a lot of fun. So We haven't played Raft forever and we really should because I think there's new updates. because I think
1: there's it. new updates. Yeah, we should we'll Yeah, back. Yeah, it was, we were
0: doing such really a good cool. job with that too. Our <laughs> Raft was huge. Sure. It was great. It was. It, was it was so much beautiful. fun. Yep. We had a crocodile <laughs> head on our... Well, which is funny because I don't eat meat, but I have a one that killed it. Jumped in and murdered it. Yeah. <laughs> Great. What do you mean my visa card's taken? <laughs> Just <right> <laughs> Ryan, what's another one that on your honor, honorable mentions?
1: Holy shadow of the Colossus. Um, so the reason I put this on the game is for the very same reason you put Breath of the Wild is that it is this large open world game, and there are no enemies, there are no treasures to find. You're in this big absolutely breathtaking area of this the forgotten or forbidden land uh, that is just full of different biomes and environments and there's nothing there except these large beautiful creatures that that exist in that space and you go and murder them and you know blood shoots everywhere Um, but the reason this game is so I have this game is for the same reason kind of Breath of the Wild it's just this absolutely breathtaking environment that just completely immerses you and as you're sent to these different places there's no map there's no, kind of the UI is very light because it wants you just to be completely immersed. The way you find your way around is you hold your sword up to the sun and it points you the way, which again is really cool. But you're just running around in this open world, this beautiful open world, just just kind of taking in um, all these environments. And just being in that world is is so immersive and stunning that I think is why I had to add it, is it. It feels so good to just run around in that world and you get to see so many different places and just appreciate those places um,
0: as you kind of slowly destroy them. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and that's what I think you make a really good point because that's that's what I loved about Shadow of the classes so much is that I knew that I was not going to be attacked by any other monsters. Like, it was the Forgotten Lands is what the environment's called, and I think the only animal you ever see is in spoilers the ending you see like a like a deer, like a little doe. Um, but that's it. Like, and that's what makes it so enjoyable for me at least is that I. I got to just enjoy the world. I didn't have to worry about things attacking me randomly. Besides the giant colossus that I'm trying to murder, but like, like for example, there's a colossus that's just in a lake, and I don't know about you. Again, <clears throat> going back to '90s, Eric terrified of any video game water because you don't know what's going to come out and attack you. But like, as creepy and, and uncomfortable as it is to put yourself in the water and shove a colossus, like nothing attacks you. So it almost becomes like this surreal experience where like you can actually feel comfortable. And safe, being so defenseless in water, because water is this thing that like you typically cannot fight in. You know, in games it's really hard. Um, that's why I liked about it so much, and I didn't have to worry about something getting my leg or dragging me under. Like it was just kind of just there, and and just and let you just kind of take it in and just and like you said, right, and enjoy it and kind of absorb it and just enjoy the moment. So that's what Shadow of the Classes does so well, and I would love them to remake it and just take it totally just absolutely gorgeous and i think that'd be so cool again that'd be like a pinnacle of environmental um stuff that was supposed to sound really cool and i said environmental and nothing else came out (laughs) i thought i had it next one i want to point out before we get to our list is animal crossing which is yeah which is like very much like a stardew valley in a sense but like but what's so great about animal crossing is that it essentially is like a a nature-themed game, right? Depending on whatever game you're playing, nature is always a big part of it, and I think it's something that I mean, I th- I'm speaking for myself, but I take for granted with Animal Crossing because I'm always like paving over with like sidewalks or putting a building up. But, like at least for the newest one uh, with New Horizons, I really have been trying to take into account. How to incorporate nature more into things like my partner is very much an outdoorsy person which is I'm I would never grew up being an outdoorsy person but I'm trying to be better about that because I want to be more outdoorsy but mosquitoes just won't let me and, and there's nothing positive <laughs> about mosquitoes I googled total tangent I googled what are the positives of mosquitoes and I immediately got rid of it because I don't even want to hear it mosquitoes are just <laughs> bad and awful I try to take my dog to like a a baseball field essentially which is awful because I'm not supposed to but I don't care. I'm not going to tell you where I went, and I don't need you judging me for my life choices. But immediately regretted it because a thousand mosquitoes attached to my leg. I'm not even joking. Like, okay, I'm joking. Like, five did. But it was too many mosquitoes. One too many. So I just, like, all right, tangent's over. And actually, mosquitoes are bad in Animal Crossing also. They're super annoying. But besides the point, Animal Crossing. I think it's incorporating nature (laughs) more into the, the feel of the island. So, like, for example, on our island, we have... Uh, a campsite, and like we really try to make sure like it feels campy and cozy, and incorporates the nature into it. And, like the, you know, where the trees go is really important, and I think that Animal Crossing does such a good job making it easy to design your island and incorporate to what it is. Like I saw, I don't know if you've seen this too, Ryan. There was a screenshot someone made of their Animal Crossing island forever ago and it was literally just a city. Like they had done, the whole island was a city, and it actually kind of made me feel like sad in a sense, like. It, I didn't like it at all. I felt kind of like, oh this feels like gross. Like, this feels wrong. To see their island just totally industrialized, it just felt gross and, and weird, um, which then made me appreciate my island more, which is cool. So shout out to that person. Sorry for insulting your island. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I think Animal Crossing is a lot of fun. I just think that the nature in it is so simple and so so nice, and uh, I just, it's, very, it's a game where I can just relax and enjoy myself in nature in a sense even during like especially during like covid times and like and during the winter and covid times where i currently go outside it's kind of miserable still but i could still enjoy myself because i felt like in a sense not definitely not in an actual sense but in a sense enjoying myself in nature on my own tropical island where rapcoon was just bleeding me dry with all my bells but whatever That's a whole different <laughs> yeah all right so we, we both picked three for our main list um for nature themed games and their importance in them and so for the first one i picked was flower i think flower is almost like the pinnacle nature game like flower is a game i haven't played in so long but it's one that stayed with me for a long time as well because the 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 concept the concept is so simple as a flower petal or as as wind actually right you're picking up flower petals and kind of improving the landscape and bringing bringing the beauty back to the world and I just think that it, the game is so simple, but the message is so powerful in terms of kind of cultivating and expanding. And, and as you get deeper into the game, you're kind of bringing nature back into an industrialized world by getting rid of the industrialized world, in a sense. And I don't know, I think it's just really, I think it's just a really beautiful idea. I love the, I love the idea and how simple it is. Anyone can play Flower, which I think is so accessible, uh, just because of how easy and simple it is. But it's such a game, it has a really powerful plot, in a sense... Of nature is important, and we have to take it back and make it beautiful again, so or let it let it thrive. I guess is more not so much be beautiful, but let it thrive rather than kill it with our human hands and industrialization. <laughs> right, 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 right. Curse you, eighteen hundreds industrialization. <laughs> yeah,
1: my first game, and actually all of the games on my list are games we've covered in Tales. So please go back and listen to these episodes <laughs> if, if you enjoyed them. Um, or if you don't remember about these games. Uh, the first one is A Short Hike. This is a game we talked about a lot, but it mm-hmm. is a game that I loved being in that world so much, and it so kind of perfectly captures this. The beauty of just like going for a hike or going for an adventure and just you know experiencing this 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 world and running into these like really charming wonderful people who are just kind of there to say hello and the only goal of the game the main goal of this game is just to climb to the top of a mountain and as someone who has climbed a very tall mountain it's very hard it's very mm-hmm. hard to do um, and very tiring but it is kind of there is very few things as satisfying as climbing a very tall mountain or hill and then just looking around at this absolute stunning world around you and that game so perfectly captures that that journey is really important but then just how important that um that kind of ascent and then being at the top of that mountain is in, in in
0: just this really charming wonderful way yeah it gives you that satisfaction that your journey was worth it in a sense yeah so yeah a lot of times i feel like people put it in the context of it's not the it's not the goal it's the journey that brings you to the goal it's important but i think it's even more of an argument to say that both are very important. I, like, why yeah. pick one over the other when the journey can be enjoyed as well as the, the end goal? Like, <laughs> okay. why limit yourself and put yourself in a box when you don't need to do that? Like, just enjoy both. Like, it doesn't make any sense to have to pick. Sure I sure hike does such a great job was just incorporating nature into the journey and, and why it's so important for this character to get to the top of the mountain. I think it's really cool. It's a game I'm yet to play still, which is <laughs> Blasphemous. But, and don't judge me, storygoers. You have a, your own backlog too. I don't want to hear it. Okay. But, <laughs> I really need to because I think it's a game that... like, When I play games, like like A Short Hike, it's with my partner. Because my partner likes nature so much. I think that helps us to kind of connect in a way. Because they don't play... She doesn't play games often. So when we do, it's a game that we'll want to drive... like, Make her want to play it. Which is fun. My next game is Ghost of Tsushima. Which Mm -hmm. I totally spelled wrong, I'm realizing. But it doesn't matter. (laughs) I don't speak Japanese, so that's my excuse. But no, (laughs) I think Ghost of Tsushima is a game... I wasn't super psyched about Ghost of Tsushima when it came out because I realized that um, Sucker Punch Studios that made Infamous wasn't making another Infamous game, they were making Ghost of Tsushima. So I was like, oh, I want more Infamous. But (laughs) when I jumped into Ghost of Tsushima, it is a game where they did such a great job just making such a beautiful landscape. There are times in the game where you just sit in a natural spa, like spot. Like a, or I think I'm. There's a word for this. I'm just not even thinking of it. But like you just say in this warm bath of, of nature water, which sounds like I wish I knew the word for this. because I'm just like saying a spring, awful like, a, hot like spring. a spring. Yes, thank you. Ryan. <laughs> I like nature bath a lot. A good, good nature bath. <laughs> This <laughs> sounds so awful, but no. <laughs> but like you kind of sit there, or you, or there are many times where you just have to follow this fox to a, a a fox shrine to like bless it or to say a prayer, and you have to run through the forest or run through the coast or run through the coast, run along the coast, or you're going through the mountains, and it's just it's just a beautiful game. It just totally immerses you in what's going on, and it, and even kind of makes you feel like you're in like in like a like a again, it immerses you in like this Japanese setting that you, I I had never personally been in Japan before and I would never say that I feel like I've been to Japan now, but like it gives me that sense of what it could have been like back then in the past and just the, the ruralness and the beauty of it. And it's a game that like incorporates breath of the wild ideals, but just more so in a realistic manner where you do run into more people, you do run into more enemies It is much more like action packed in that sense. Um, but just how simple it is to just stand there and let the breeze kind of flow through the grass. And you just sit there and you can just like watch the sunset and just how beautiful it is. And Yeah, Ghost of Tsushima is fantastic. And the expansion, or not expansion, but the DLC for it, or a, a DLC, or some island for Oh no, I'm sorry, no, the director's cut. Sorry, I'm, I totally went off. Oh yeah, that's. Right I actually yes. thought about picking that up. Um, it's really, I mean, I haven't played the director's cut yet, but I keep seeing people talk about how great it is. And there's an infamous too uh easter egg in there apparently which I saw, I <laughs> That's that was really fine. cool too yeah. um so fingers crossed that comes out or another infamous game comes out which supposedly there's rumors oh we gotta talk about something at the end of this but i'll talk about that at the end of it so <laughs> <laughs> but no i i think or Ryan, if you go into ghost of shishima i think you will really enjoy it i think it's a game that like the world is so beautiful and i think it, it again humans muck up the water so to speak and like it almost feels bad when you kill a group of mongols not just because you're killing people, but because you're leaving these bloody corpses on this beautiful land. And like again, it's a game, so it's not a big deal, but just the idea of it makes you feel sad, in a sense, that you're kind of making this world look a little worse. Ryan, what is your next game?
1: (laughs) Uh, My next game, uh, again, a game we've covered, go check it out, is Firewatch. This game, uh, similar to A Short Hike, is just about being out in nature and the story that kind of exists within that um Firewatch you don't see you you see I think one one other individual in the entirety of this four or five six hour experience most of the time you're just in uh, oh no you see the the two folks at the beginning and then you see one person later in the game no spoilers but you see one person later in the game um And the whole rest of the time, you're just kind of in this world. Now, you do have Delilah, who you're talking to through your radio, who you, throughout certain times, especially in, in our cut of the game, it's a lot of back and forth with Delilah. But there are moments in the game where you're just kind of walking. It is kind of one of the quintessential walking simulators that came out during the walking simulator hype of the early um, 2010s. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just it's this stunning um the art style is really interesting but it's just this stunning world where you're just kind of walking through this forest following trail markers and you're you you play a park ranger or a fire watch person your 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 job is to sit in this ranger station and watch out for fires and report them so your only job your only goal while you're out there is just to be in nature and experience that nature that being said because of the individual you are um things aren't quite as they seem Um, but your only really goal is to just be out there and be in nature and appreciate it and be a part of it and uh, the people who are out there doing this job are there for a reason because they want to be kind of in this isolated situation but it is just this really stunning beautiful game that uses nature as a character in a really interesting way you know when you hear a snatching snapping branch or when you see, see a strange shadow because we're playing a video game we assume a certain thing but really it is just the natural world existing and um it, it it does something in a really interesting way. It's it's a really beautiful game, um, mm-hmm. and it is it is set in a really beautiful area.
0: Yeah, and go had, check it out. Yeah, please. I was gonna say the same thing. I was like, it's such a beautiful game, and the art style is so good. Again, it makes me. I think I said this before recently, but it makes me so incredibly sad that Campo Santos, the developers of Firewatch, will not be making their next game. That is set in Egypt. And I forget the name of it is off the top of my head. Yeah. Uh, the, anyway, they, they won't be making it because Neil, um, Neil, Gabe I will say Neil Gaiman. Gabe Newell. Yeah, thank you. It's not his uh, fault. Said, he, maybe said, it's his fault. He could be involved, but I don't think... I mean, he's the head, so everything's kind of <laughs> his fault when things happen, you know what I mean? Like, you're the yeah. head person, so... But, uh, but what I love the most about Firewatch is that, without trying to spoil anything, please go watch and listen to our episode if you haven't listened to it and you want to know more about the story and things like that, is that... It, there are things that happen in the game that make you just feel uncomfortable, though you don't see people, like in the game, essentially. And that's the funny part is, is that when you go through the game for the first time, it, it's kind of scary and weird in this beautiful lit up forest and there's shadows and there's, it's just, just amazingly beautiful, but it, it gives you this sense of dread in a, in a way because you don't know what's happening. And spoiler alert, if you haven't played the game and you want to have no spoilers, please don't listen to this next part. But, like, you realize by the end of the game, you've been totally safe this whole time. Like, granted, you did get knocked out by a shovel, I think, in the back of the head one time. And that's what kind of sets the pace for the game. But you realize that it's not scary. Like, there's nothing that's been truly endangering your life the entirety of the game. So, if you go back and play it again, like, it's not scary anymore. And that sense of dread you felt the first time playing that game is gone. And you kind of just enjoy being in nature again it's it's so weird how the first playthrough and the second playthrough are literally the same game but the sense and the feel of being in that world are two very different things and that's what it does so well i don't think it even was meant to do that but it's just so cool how that, that ended up happening i love that yeah great game please play firewatch if you haven't it's so good and i don't think you'll regret it and there are even things... I would love to, to do a retelling of that again in the future because there are things I learned about that game after we covered it the first time. I was like, oh my god, I never thought about that. And I would love to talk about more about that again. So, ugh, I want to make Firewatch 2, please. It'd be great. <laughs> yeah. The last game on my list is very much like Ghost of Tsushima, I'm realizing, but <laughs> more, okay. fa- more fantasy-based. And that's The Witcher 3, The Wild Hunt. Um, the Witcher 3 is so good because it is the... Perfect game for any fantasy lover that wants to be immersed in a fantasy world. And what I love about it is that it's not like Breath of the Wild where you just should be climbing every mountain because Geralt I don't think would be a part of that. He's an all-leather. That would be chafing you know, you can only <laughs> do so much. But what's great is that the world is just so massive. It is huge. And you can kind of explore everywhere in a sense if you can like get to it by road or by, you know, horseback in a way. But it does such a great job because you truly do not know what's ahead at any point, whether it could be a normal kind person, a normal evil person, a monster, whatever it may be. But the nature in it is just, it is so ever changing and like what's so good about this game is that you'll enter into a town that's just massive. And you'll kind of be in the town for a while and then you go back into the nature like oh man this feels weird like this feels like so different like how is it how does this game have such two different settings but then when you get back into the nature of it like it's just so breathtaking and pulls you in like just traversing with your horse and hearing how um roaches which is the horse's name hooves hit the muddy wet ground and it's just so i don't know it's so great like there's like this like there's an enemy that you find in the swamp that plays a major role in the game and just the swamp setting alone is so off-putting and and kind of creepy that it just adds that tension that you're feeling as Geralt in that situation and I don't know it's just so great like even being along the coastline and seeing the different creatures and the different territories and how they interact in those territories I I don't know The Witcher is a game that I think would that just pulls people in and doesn't let them go um Mm -hmm. I, I literally, I feel like I'm also describing Skyrim at the same time. I'm realizing as I'm talking like <laughs> this. So, <laughs> take it for what you will. <laughs> same thing. Uh, but yeah, very <laughs> uh, I think I think that's what everyone. I think it's one of the things that everyone loves so much about The Witcher Three is that it's just it's such a game that is so compelling and so deep, and it's just you're literally like living a second life because it's so engrossing in the nature and this feel of that game is just so beautiful and, and it just doesn't let you go. And I think that's what that's, does a really good job to it
1: yeah my last game again another game we've covered go check it out is ori in the blind forest mm-hmm. and the reason i chose this game is again this the setting of this game is all in this natural world it's, it's really just a large forest there are a variety of biomes there are swamps um there are these winter areas you can go to and all of them are so interesting and different they have different color palettes you're into different creatures um, but the entire time you're just in this beautiful Stunning world um, with different creatures, and you know one of the interesting things about it is you're you're quite small, so the world is very large around you, and that's that's another really interesting place. But again, it's just a game that is it is really stunning, and the setting, this natural world you're in, brings so much life to it. And at the same time, one of the core goals of this game is is similar to other games we've talked about, is to kind of return the natural beauty, the the natural magic of nature. To this world that is starting to wither and die because it hasn't been, you know, taken care of magically, which is a little different, but still the same themes are there. And then then throughout it, there's also this experience of, like we've talked about, is this balance of light and dark where they're both are useful and a part of the natural world and need to be respected. um, In that way, that's it's really interesting. It's just a really beautiful game, and um, it's it's a great time. I think one of the things, one of the themes, is all of these games we've talked about. It's just so enjoyable to be in them because of the worlds are so beautiful and so full yeah. of nature.
0: I think it's so easy, too, when you think about nature as a setting, how, as a developer, or as someone that doesn't think about development development of a game, how easy it can be like, well, you're just using nature, right? It's easy. It's trees. It's ground. It's things like that. But, like, for example, like with Ori, and you're right, Ryan, like the idea of light and dark in this world and how, like, how important each... Of those aspects are within a world like nature. In terms of like a city like it's easy, right? Because like when it's sunny, it's sunny. Like when it's dark, it's dark. I and mean, it sounds stupid but when you're in a forest like the light can be pushed out by the, the leaves of the trees and the darkness they can create but then at the same time in this open fast field with no trees around like it's so beautiful and gorgeous and just bright and how important those are. And I love that they took that aspect and that, that idea and, and brought it into Ori and they didn't make one more important than the other. Like, both are very important, and you don't realize that until spoiler alert, later on in the game, right? Like, and, and you yeah. gotta get that sense, like, because it's. I think it's kind of that idea that's been ingrained in us: light is good, dark is bad. Unless you play Kingdom Hearts, then you probably don't know. And even then, that game is so the the whole story is so confusing. I don't even know what's <laughs> happening. But, uh, yeah. the, but I think that's so cool about Ori is that it it takes those aspects in weird ways, the ways I never even saw coming. And when we covered the story on tales from the cartridge you should go check it out if you haven't but um but making it so it's, it's enjoyable and fun to to learn about and to appreciate yeah wow we've done we it. have gone through some crazy nature <laughs> games ryan
1: we sure have
0: yeah i sure have i i'm excited and i i can't wait to learn more about other games coming out breath of wild 2. i'm yeah. sure there's another witcher coming around the corner Um, we gotta get back to to Raft again but I think that what we truly learned today Ryan and correct me if I'm wrong is that nature is always going to be an important thing in video games that was going to be more profound than than it was and I used the word (laughs) thing and it became less profound but it would be an important aspect in video games I think forever I think it's always going to be there are so many other games I mean like God of War is one of them the newest God of War how immersive that nature was or there's so many games that use nature so well now that i'm i cannot wait to see what happens again as i'm talking i'm thinking of more games what's that game where it, you play like a shrunken kid and you're like in a yard it's on xbox oh, grounded? Grounded. Yeah, grounded grounded oh my yeah, god that's the pinnacle cool. of nature games i feel like yeah jeez oh, yeah, how terrifying cool. is that like yeah ugh, no i couldn't do it, couldn't do it. <laughs> all the mosquitoes ever killed but, their their ancestors are coming to get vengeance upon yeah. me. I know it. I know it. Oh, my God. How get to yeah. that? Awful. Awful. Um, but I will say, PSA, before you're off of the show, is that this Thursday on... Let me check my dates. Let me check my dates. I think it's Thursday. I should have double-checked. I'm pretty sure. Oh, the, sure the, the Sony the thing. Yes. yes. Yeah. It's Thursday? Yes. Yeah, I think it's Thursday the 9th. Yeah. yeah. Thursday the 9th is the, the next Sony press conference for upcoming titles it's getting pretty hyped as as kind of supposedly (laughs) there's rumors of uh, the next infamous will be announced there's rumors of God of War trailers Um, I'm sure Horizon oh uh, certainly will be out there yeah Yeah. I'm sure there's gonna be so I mean I'm not sure but the the hype is real right now so if you weren't aware and you're interested in those things um, look out for that on Thursday it's gonna be crazy I actually really I think it's at they're typically at 5pm um, let me, I should hear me type away on my keyboard because I don't know how to mute my mic effectively without making noise. Um, let's see. So, yeah, we'll cut this part out. <laughs> uh, yes, Thursday the 9th at uh, 1 p.m. Pacific, and we're three hours away from that. So, 4 p.m. Four, Eastern. 4 p.m. All yeah. right. Okay. So, I gotta get home by 4. So, is what I'm learning yeah. on Thursday because I right. don't I don't want to miss it. I hate I hate when Nintendo puts out a 9 a m <laughs> 9 am a 9 a m thing for them and I'm like at work in the middle of work like I can't watch this and then everything gets spoiled for me because everyone likes to spoil everything in their thumbnails on YouTube because they're awful awful greedy people. <laughs> Podcasts are better. YouTube sucks. Um, but uh, that's not true. But. <laughs> But no, look up! I'm excited, and we can actually probably talk about that sometime soon because I think that's gonna be a lot of fun to see. Yeah, what happens. Be, it'd be
1: fun to do. Maybe we'll we'll see how much comes out. If a bunch comes out, maybe we'll do an episode, an extra episode the next weekend. Well, although you're gonna be very busy. Well, we're gonna be Banana. busy because we're going to see we're going to see some movies and stuff. But woo! But yeah, so we'll if we're if if it's if a lot of exciting stuff comes out, maybe we'll pop out a quick like. I would say 10 minutes they would end up being like two hours tales talking about all the all the reveals all the I would things
0: love that about. Yeah, I would absolutely I love that maybe yeah, we should we'll, do that yeah we'll be so sick of each other by the end of the next week <laughs> <laughs> or end of this week I guess technically yeah. but hopefully Story Gores, you enjoyed this episode hopefully you appreciate appreciate nature just a little bit more and if you don't more power to you I guess I don't know I don't have to tell you uh, <laughs> but let us know what you think about your favorite nature games what they are and why you appreciate them the most by sending us an email at cartridge at gmail.com. All of the E's are 3's. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram. DM us, DM us or comment on our posts. Let us know what you think. And we'll happily share those on the show. You'll also get a super cool Tales from the Cartridge sticker. That you can deface things with. Or on your water bottles. Or wherever you want to. Laptops on your face. Doesn't matter. They look awesome. So, uh, Hopefully you're doing well. I uh, didn't realize. It's, I think I've gotten so used to the idea that. that I feel like COVID's gone in a sense, right? That's how things are. But I just read recently how rates are, or infection rates are still as high as, if, uh, they're equal to the amount that we were having in February of 2021. So, which is crazy to think about. And and the idea, I guess, supposedly not to make not to end this on a downer, but that I guess the the Delta variant is is threatening to kind of infect 100,000 more people by the end of December. So my point is this though, story please, whether you support the vaccine or not, I mean, I can't, I'm not ever going to try to persuade anybody to do anything they don't want to do because it's kind of pointless, but my hope is just to stay safe and and try to make good choices for yourself. You know, if you have the vaccine, great, I'm happy. And and if you don't, then please just take the precautions and be safe. and, And, you know, we just want everybody happy and healthy. So, um, does that sound right to you, Ryan? Go
1: hiking. That sounds good. No, that sounds great. Yeah. yeah, that sounds... I mean, yeah. Do do what you have to do to keep yourself safe and keep others safe. Um, I, I mean, I think we both work in fields where not everyone in our um, field can be vaccinated. Um, so we have to do what we can to help keep them safe, whether it's, you know, just masking up and, and being socially distanced or getting a vaccine, whichever works best for you. I, I, I mean, I think the vaccine is safe and it's worthwhile getting, but mm-hmm. like you said, We're not going to persuade anybody who has very strong feelings about it, so just
0: be as safe as you can to keep others safe. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So be safe, be happy, healthy, and we will see you in the next episode. Bye. Bye. Bye!